0: Black Girl in Ohm promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self care, self love, and self empowerment for communities of color. This
1: is Lauren Ash. And Dionne Ivory, thank you so much for listening. The floor and my wig is off of my <laughs> scalp because that's hilarious. I mean, we just
0: we need to dive right into let's Let's, let's dive into it sex and sexuality and pleasure and liberation mm. with a really phenomenal person that we've been meaning to talk to for quite some time, Evian Whitney.
2: Yay! Hi, guys. Thanks so much
1: for having me. Thank you, girl, for coming on the show and blessing us with everything you're about to bless us with, honey, because I know I'm about to end my life. <laughs> True.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to having a conversation with you. It's been a long time coming.
0: It really has been. And honestly, I'm going to put both Dion and I on blast. I'm looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't know what I'm about to say. She's nervous. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I feel like you and I, Avian, have been like DMing and I've been like, I want to talk with you and work with you. And then I'll be like, I'm shy, though. And I don't know. And (laughs) so I remember a few months ago, Dion and I were together. And I was just like, I really think that season four, we need to make sure that we have a conversation about sex and sexuality and pleasure as black women. Mm. And Dion, you were just like, I agree. And we both kind of expressed mm-hmm. like our own like reservations <laughs> and hesitations. Uh-huh. But that's precisely why we're doing this. Like, yep. there's so many, especially black women and femmes out there who are just like, you know, working through X, Y, Z. It could be shame. It could yep. be confusion. It could be. Um, fear of our own power at the mm-hmm. end of the day, yeah. and so like I just wanted to kind of contextualize this chat by saying like it's been a long time coming. We're so excited, and we're also like a little shy, little giddy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, giddy no, than a I mug. And
2: and I want to say too that like I'm pretty used to that. uh I have definitely had people who. Figure out what I do or learn about what I do, and they're either like gobsmacked and they're so excited, and all they want to do is ask me questions, and then there's this other part of them that's just like. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna like go walk away now and like talk about something else with a friend, <laughs> you know? Because sex is a really, really big, heavy, taboo field topic for so many people, and so I could definitely recognize that we were doing a little dance <laughs> around the subject. Yeah, I could, I could feel it, and I could, I could feel the hesitancy. Um, and I could feel perhaps the fear or the, the like, I don't know about this. So I just want to acknowledge and honor the fact that both of you are showing up to this conversation, despite not really knowing what's going to come out of it or how vulnerable you're going to need to get. But like you're you you recognize that there's something beneficial and positive about having a conversation like this. And so I just want to affirm that and like congratulate you both for being able to even want to have this conversation with me, you know? Yeah,
1: that's so sweet. Very Thank sweet. you, and very encouraging.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's this is what I do. Like, I'm not in the place of shaming people. You know what I mean? Like, when you're ready to talk about sex and sexuality with me, I I'm so ready for you. But it's it's all on your timeline. I trust the process. I trust your healing journey, and I trust you. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation now and. Yeah, let's get started.
0: We need you. So let's get started. Yes. Um, I know that you identify as a sexuality doula and a sex educator, and you founded this amazing platform called Sex Love Liberation. Could you share more about your personal why behind the work that you do and how you got to this place Mm -hmm. with your work?
2: Yeah. um, So my journey, I think, is a little unconventional in the sense that like, I actually didn't wake up one day and was like, I want to be a sex educator when I grow up, or I want to be a sexuality doula when I grow up. Uh, I was on a completely different path when it came to career, um, and it just so happened that this work sort of chose me, like I really feel that I was called to do this work because of my personal experience with sex and sexuality and how traumatizing and uh, stigmatized and dysfunctional my own relationship with sex was. And so um, I started sort of writing about my own sexual hangups and it, which really came to light when I started um being in a relationship with my then boyfriend, who is now my husband, we had like amazing chemistry and connection. But the moment that we moved in together and the moment that we got married, everything shifted uh, and sex became really hard. It became really traumatizing. And it's, it seemed as though everything that was locked away underneath the surface, like everything that I was like playing at and trying not to, uh, look at or heal was like, okay, so now you're in this amazing relationship. Now you got to fix fix your shit. Like now you have to show up and and do this work. Um, and so having, having that um, experience of just not being able to ignore my own issues with sex and sexuality anymore, I started writing through uh, what I was going through. I started using a, a blog as a way to chronicle my own shame and my own dysfunction and also my own curiosities about sex and so sex love liberation uh, was created from that place it was created to originally be a place for me to write about my own sexual hangups, and also just this process i was undergoing at that time of sexual awakening sexual liberation sexual healing and then uh, it has since transformed into a place where other women and femmes can seek refuge, uh, seek healing, seek education and empowerment through the things that I've learned on my journey. Um, and I am now happily teaching that to other people. So, yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. I've been doing this work for eight years now, and uh, it's, it's completely transformed <laughs> from where it originally started.
1: Wow. Well, first of all, okay. I'm I'm just happy for you. Seriously. Like Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's just wild how the things <clears throat> that, you know, we were once ashamed of, like, somehow it works in this way of like us overcoming those things and being able to liberate and empower other people, which is something that I'm s I'm just such an advocate for. Yeah. Um, you know, everything is completely divine. Um, even the things that we, you know, figure are like lows or whatever you want to call them in life. Um, yeah. but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was I know there's this common thread or like we can all say oh well my sexual shame is rooted in this society talks about women in this way and we shouldn't yada 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 but I know that a lot of times we have these individualized experiences where our trauma comes from um, right. and I want and to I know want- like where does your sexual trauma stem from?
2: Ooh, girl! <laughs> Oh, that is a question. Um, a lot of different areas. Um, I think originally I thought that it came from the, um, the a relationship that I had had before I met my husband. Um, we were together really, we got together really, really young and we were acting as though we were grown, which we were not. And uh, that relationship was, uh, the sex was not always consensual uh, and it gave me a lot of uh, trauma baggage and unrealistic expectations and understandings of what sex was. So originally, when I was having all of these like epiphanies of like, oh wow, sex is really hard for me, I thought it was just that. Um, and so you know, I went into therapy to talk about this past relationship with my ex and and uh, the lack of consent and all of those things. But then as I've been doing this work and, and especially like recently, like within the last couple of years or so, I've noticed that like, it's, it's not just that, like I have religious institutionalized trauma. Like I have organized religious trauma because a lot, I was born and raised in the church and a lot of the things that I heard about sex and sexuality, they weren't good things. Um, it was, I was taught basically abstinence only and anything other than that was like, you are sinning and you're going to hell. So I had that kind of trauma. Um, I also have, uh, the intergenerational trauma because everyone that I have known in my family has also had their own hangups and their own taboos and their own misconceptions about sex and sexuality. So I think that I'm a, I'm a firm believer that like what has come uh, before us is implanted in our own bodies and our own DNA, like that trauma sticks around. And so I think about the ways that my mother, my grandmother, my great, great grandmother, and so on were learned, like they taught or they they were they learned about things uh, regarding their sexuality that uh, didn't empower them, that wasn't expressions of freedom or expressions of autonomy. So, I mean, there's the inter- intergenerational piece and then there's also the societal piece, the cultural piece, you know, um, the way that we have this like virgin whore sort of thing that we do where it's like you want your lady to be a you know lady on the streets freak in the sheets you know like and like it's so interesting like when i as i do this work both personally and professionally and i'll I'll speak from this place of personal um i i, I don't subscribe to a lot of those beliefs anymore like i i don't really subscribe to the religious beliefs or the religious systems that i was raised in i don't subscribe to you know, lady in the streets and freak in the sheets. Like I don't subscribe to any of that. I'm completely divorced from that. But those things have deeply imprinted themselves into me. And even today, like, I'm still battling those old stories. I'm still trying to step out of them. And so it's it's really interesting how those things can still get in and they can still leave impressions upon you and make you believe all of these, like, lies and even create some of that fear <laughs> and shame that, like, you, you know, in, intellectually, like, yes, sex is fine. Like I'm a grown ass woman. I can do whatever I want, but there's this like child or this young stupid girl who has no idea what sex is or has no idea how to embody grown ass woman sexuality. Who's just like, I-, I don't know what to do. You know?
0: Vion, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you asked Evian that question because a, you even asking that question is us. Um, normalizing conversations around like our sexual history and sexual trauma which mm-hmm. I know is a big part of the work that you do as well mm-hmm. and then Evian thank you so much for sharing in such a holistic way because probably everything that you said actually resonated with me like on a personal level I was just like yeah me too uh-huh, <laughs> yep, that too Yeah. and yeah. you know my best friend um, we've been best friends for like seven years and she always talks about when she first met me we met in grad school when she first met me and, like, we were hanging out, she, uh, she remarks at, at how, like, we talked about pretty much everything, but she was like, but we never talked about sex because you were so weird about it. Like, you never talked uh. about it. So I just think that even having these conversations, especially as black women, you know, which, like, the vast majority, if not all of us, carry internalized shame And or repression and or um, just misinformation around sex and sexuality in our bodies. And so like us just even we could stop the podcast right now. Mm -hmm. And already we have done some healing work. So I'm just like really proud of all of us right now.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I, I say this all the time, like we need to create more conversations about these very things. Like They don't have to be fixed, they don't have to be healed within those conversations, but just us taking up space in this way, just us holding space for ourselves and for other people to be sexual and to have these conversations and to open these dialogues and say like, hey, let's explore this or let's be curious or... Like, let's, let's try to, like, be curious about the, the healing that needs to be done or the shame that we have. Like, those are huge, huge steps. And I know that so many people think that, you know, sexual liberation should look a particular way. And I'm, I'm just – I'm not a believer in that. I think sexual liberation starts – with these very conversations, with these very questions that we're asking, asking ourselves in this conversation, like sexual liberation is here right now. We may not be having like the most amazing sex that we think that sexual liberation should encompass, but like the fact that we're having these conversations, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge gesture toward liberation and freedom.
1: Amen. Amen. Wow. I, Like, there are, like, 5,000 questions running through my brain right now.
2: (laughs) You can ask me anything. I mean, like, I think it's so
1: beautiful to see where you are now, knowing where you started from, um, because I'm, like, in that space as well. And, like, I want to know what are some practical things that you committed to, like, in the journey of, like, reprogramming your brain to Mm. um, embrace your sexuality and, like, owning um, your sexual pleasure and things like that yeah
2: yeah yeah that is a really good question Um, a, a couple things that I did uh, one kind of coming back to what we were speaking about earlier asking questions like being curious Um, so I went through this this period uh, in my early 20s and right around the time that like the sex in my marriage was just like not going well at all where I thought like oh I just need like I need to read more sex books. Like, I just need to learn how to, you know, have sex in these really different positions. Or I need to learn, I need to brush up on my blowjob techniques. That's what's going to do it, you know? So, like, I would spend hours in Barnes & Noble in the sex and relationship section just reading books and, like, gathering information about techniques and positions and sex toys. And I was, like, you know, trying to find um, you know, the, the right lubricant. I remember when when like lubrication and, you know, getting the warming kind and the one that cools, I was like, Ooh, maybe that's what I need. Like I was fixated on these outer things regarding my sexuality and thinking that if I just had the right tool or if I just had the right technique, I would magically have the kind of sex that I wanted. I would magically feel the sexiness and the sensual, the sensuality that I really, really wanted to embody. And of course that wasn't working. Like I spent so much money buying these stupid books that like weren't addressing the root of the problem. And so once I finally got out of that and I realized like, oh, like these are just like external, like sexual components. Like I need to also address what's happening to me internally. what do I feel when I feel shame? Like what sensations are coming up in my body? Like where do I think that shame regarding sex comes from? What is that sh- what is that shame's origin story? What am I afraid of? Did you intuitively
0: get to ask yourself those questions cuz I'm curious about that. Like you said that you kind of gravitated towards the external information and you know perhaps some part of you was like Oh, I just need to do something else, do something differently. And then yeah. when did like what was that actual like psychological or like maybe even like spiritual shift of like it's not that, there's something deeper. Like what caused you to get there? You know what I'm saying? Oh,
2: that is a good question. Yeah, yeah. Um I I feel like it was just a natural I I know this is going to be an obnoxious answer, but I feel like it was just a natural progression for me. I think I was just so done. Like, I was done. I I knew that the books weren't working. I knew that the sex toys weren't working. I knew that, like, all these other external things that I was trying, like lingerie and warming lubricant, wasn't working. And I I just remember thinking, like, if if all of these external things, like, you would think that all of these external things would create the perfect sexual atmosphere but it's not. And so that means that it's not the tool, it's me. Like, what is it within me? What's happening in my body? What's happening in my thoughts? What what sort of things are coming up that isn't allowing me to access and embody the sexuality and the sensuality that I want? And so that's when I started to, like, explore. I didn't have answers to those questions about, like, you know, The shame and the fear and the trauma. I mean, these were things that I was still trying to figure out and uncover within myself, but me just being able to ask myself those questions and be like, Oh, let's, let's like get those juices flowing was huge for me. Um, And then, but one of the biggest questions that I asked myself that really kind of led me on this journey of sexual liberation for myself was who do I wanna be as a sexual being? Because for so long, I was witnessing other people's expressions of sexuality and thinking that I had to be that. And usually when I was looking at images of a sexual woman or a sexy woman, it was through the male gaze. Like it was through the gaze of a man, through porn, through Playboy, through like media. Like it was always through someone else's gaze. It wasn't through my own. It wasn't from my own core self. And so I really wanted to like get to the bottom of that because I was like, okay, yeah, the shame is important. Addressing that is important. Addressing my trauma is really important. But like, who do I want to be? Like, what kind of sex do I want to have? Like, what kind of sexual experiences do I want to have? What kind of relationship do I want to have with my orgasm? Like, what kind of like, how do I want to express myself in a way that encapsulates what I think is sexy. And what do I even think sexy is? You know, like being able to sit down and actually pick apart the word sexy and the images that pop into my brain the moment that I hear sexy. And back then it was like a white, thin, really big-breasted, long-haired <laughs> Why woman. do we all know this woman? <laughs> Seriously, we all do, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I had this moment where I was like, no, that's not me. Like, that's never going to be me. That's never going to be me. And so what would it look like for me, Evian, to be a sexually liberated woman? And what sort of, what sort of characteristics, personalities, how do I want to adorn myself, embody my body as a sexual being? And again, I didn't have answers to those questions. Like it it was like, I had little glimpses of those things and I had things that like were leading me in this direction to be more curious, but just me sitting there and asking that question and pondering, like, "Oh wow, I get to choose! Like, I get to choose who I am as a sexual being." I mean, again, that's sexual liberation, right there. Absolutely,
0: choice.
1: It is, and I think that it's important too for Black women to resist this um, this inclination to judge ourselves um, for, you know, questions about sexuality. I think that the fact you gave the fact that you gave yourself permission to like go there. And explore these topics and to be really introspective about, you know, your orgasms and like, what is what is the image of sexy? You know what I'm saying? What is sexy Mm -hmm. to me? Like defining that for yourself. I think that's so like revolutionary. And I think that even in order to even get to the point where you have no shame in being um, very sexual, the, the the shame has to be like, how can I explain it? You have to you have to rid the shame of asking yourself questions. That's mm-hmm. essentially where it starts. You know, yeah. having those conversations with yourself or with your girlfriends or whatever. But like, it has to start with you giving yourself permission to think about it, to talk about it, to explore it, to really dig, you know, into it. So, right, yeah. That's right. like I think that's a key component. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So I think a lot of times, um, you know, we are thinking about sex and sexuality conversations involving somebody else. Right. But I know yeah. that you're also really about us like just in our own body, not considering anybody else. Like what is a relationship with our own selves mm-hmm. look like when we're talking mm-hmm. about sex and sexuality? So can you talk more about that and how you advocate for black women to um, just step into their own kind of independent <laughs> relationship with those on their own terms?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the work that I do is really about empowering women and femmes to be the sexually liberated beings and to express themselves in the most empowered and embodied way that they can on their own terms, whether they're in a relationship or outside of a relationship. And um, it's really important that as we are having these conversations about sexual liberation and desire and pleasure, that we're remembering that like this isn't for the gaze of someone else. This isn't meant to be performative. Like, I don't want anyone's sexual liberation to feel like it's a costume that they put on and that they take off at the end after they're done pleasuring or titillating someone else. I believe that sexual um, sexuality, your sexual energy, is an intrinsic part of you. It's an inherent in part of you. Um, and I believe that We um, have this sexual energy regardless of who we're with, regardless of whether we're in a relationship or not. And so, from that place, I'm always trying to nurture and encourage my clients to like create a sexual relationship with themselves first. I mean, and obviously, like, depending on their needs and depending on their curiosities, we can talk more about like what it looks like to integrate what they're learning about that solo sexual relationship into their partnered sexual relationship. But first and foremost, um, I, I think it's really important that we touch on that solo sexual relationship because in my opinion, the sexual relationship you have with yourself is the most important sexual relationship you will ever have. It all starts there. And so if we have and heal a relationship to ourselves sexually on our own, outside of the gaze of of someone else, outside of being performative or whatever, um, that very beautifully can translate and integrate into a relationship with our lovers, the people that we want to actually share that Um, that intimacy with, that emotionality with, like all of those things. Um, And I've definitely seen that happen in my own relationship. And it's counterintuitive, I know, because I've certainly heard teachings uh, growing up. And especially when I was like a young adult, uh, young woman in my early 20s, where um, they're like, yeah, you, you need to make sure that you save whatever, you know, that sexual energy for your man or for your lover. Mm-hmm, and like exactly, and like, and it's particularly around like masturbation. You know, like for like, men are allowed to you know masturbate till the cows come home. You know, but like,
0: is, is it seen as healthy for them and as also right. like necessary? It is
1: right,
2: right, and it's it's healthy for us and it's necessary for us too. And so that's the thing that I try to. um give people permission to reclaim is the sexual relationship they have with themselves on their own terms and in ways that feel really good for them because one thing that I notice about the people that I work with is that they come to me because they've been trying to do it from that performative aspect. They've been trying to like do it from this place of like, oh, I need to make sure that my, my partner is really satisfied and I'm going to say yes to sex that I don't want because that's what a good wife does or mm. that's what a good partner does. And so they've been doing that thinking that like, oh, so eventually my sexual liberation will come along or eventually i will feel more alive and embodied within my sexual my sexuality and it's not working and so my step then is to like tell them to take a step back let's 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 take your partnered sex off a pedestal and like let's let's bring some focus and some gentle energy into the sexual relationship you have with yourself and the one thing that I tell them too is that like when I say a sexual relationship with yourself, I'm not just talking about masturbation. Like I'm talking about you being intimate with yourself and you identifying and holding space for and celebrating the sexual the sexuality, the sexual energy that you have. And it doesn't have to look like masturbation. It can come in many, many different ways. And so, yeah, I think that having that flexibility and that fluidity regarding that kind of relationship is really important too, especially for folks who have a lot of trauma around sex or masturbation or whatever.
1: Well, what are those ways? I'm interested. Yeah. Masturbation, like what are some ways that you can be intimate with yourself? Yes.
0: Yeah, Reese private party. Honestly, just cue that song right now. <laughs> 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 but I'm sure Evian you'll you'll tell us all the ways.
2: Yeah. So um, one of my favorite ways is I I like to call it sexual self-care and basically it is any self-care act that you can do um, in the platonic sense and bringing an intention of sexual, um, sexual pleasure or just sexual acknowledgement within yourself within that act. So like, we're all familiar with self-care, self-care, everyone talks about it, everyone is trying to create practices around it. And so a lot of us are already really familiar with that and we already have rituals, we already have rituals of self-care. And so my twist is do those same self-care acts. So take, uh, I don't know, taking a bath, for instance, and rather than showing up to that bath being like, oh, I'm just going to relax and I'm going to lay back and I'm going to enjoy being in this bath, come to it with the intention of like, as I take this bath, I am honoring my sexual body. I'm allowing my sexual body to be and to relax and to feel safe in this space that I'm creating. Or another really good example of sexual self-care, like I love rubbing body oil or body butter all over my body. Um, and it's something that I do anyway, but instead of just doing it like, Oh, I'm going to slap some stuff on me and then like put my clothes on. I take a moment and I pause and I say affirmations and I create this intention that like, as I put on this body butter, I am moisturizing my sexual body. I'm holding space for this body that feels pleasure, this body that Uh, deserves and is worthy of feeling pleasure and I am actualizing in this moment like sensuality which is to put hands on my body and to make myself feel good so those are like really that's like probably one of the fastest and easiest ways I think people can start to gently dip a toe into sexual um sexual manifestation like sexual embodiment without going straight to like dildos (laughs) because like you know, like sometimes that's that's too big of a leap. And so, and I've definitely had clients who have been deeply traumatized. Like they have a lot of uh, trauma in their histories and like being able to jump from like trauma to dildos is too much. And so I like sexual self-care because it's really gentle and you can create some really beautiful and intimate moments with yourself through having that practice.
1: Mm. I love
0: that. What I hear from like all of what you just shared at the essence for me is just like, Granting ourselves permission to just acknowledge our sexual essence when so much of that has been obscured by what we are bombarded with, you know, within our culture Um, around being, you know, and I'm talking specifically about black women when I say this around Mm -hmm. being like the object Mm -hmm. of someone else's pleasure and also something and someone that others can just like take and use as they will. So like literally just what I hear is like a mindfulness and um, an ability to just honor the fact that we are sexual beings on our own terms. Right. Um, Exactly. And that's like such a consciousness like shift and also just like a healing act in and of itself.
2: Absolutely. And it's and it's done in a way that isn't that isn't like using these necessarily external things because like. Like I said before, like I tried that. I personally was like, oh, maybe I need to like buy this sex toy or that's that's how I'm going to become a sexual woman is if I have this, this certain thing outside of me. And instead, like with sexual self-care, it focuses more on your internal landscape, like your emotional landscape and how important that is Um to having sex. Because if you are not in an emotional space, if you don't even know who you are as a sexual being, it's going to be really difficult for you to show up to the sex that you really want to have. Wow. Girl, preach a word on wow. today, girl. Preach, preach, <laughs> preach. That's real. Seriously.
0: That's real.
2: So like, how did you,
1: um, become more confident in, like so I have conversations with my girlfriends and um a lot of times my <laughs> some of my friends are like yeah I don't like saying what I want because mm-hmm. it's like awkward or like I don't want to mm-hmm. seem too um too commanding or too sexually aggressive because you know a lady isn't supposed to be like that it's like always on the receiving end instead of like initiating or saying okay th- this is how you need to please me you know what I'm saying how did mm-hmm. you become more confident in like the verbal language or like s- being comfortable with saying look this is what I want this is how I want it
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well I mean first it started from that place like of you know, I was, I was hearing you talk about like what you, what you hear your girlfriend say about like, I want to ask for what I want, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. or I don't want to be too demanding. I don't want to be in control, but I really, really want this. I had to cut that off. Like I had to like stop seeing me asking for what I wanted as me being controlling or me being demanding. And if so, so what? Like why is it a bad thing for me to ask for what I want? Because ultimately one, I'm going to get what I want and it's going to make my experience of having sex with my partner incredible. And two, it's going to make my partner feel incredible too because he no longer has to play the guessing game and be like, oh, is this the right thing? Oh, maybe she likes this. Like, When there is like clear communication and when I'm able to actually communicate what I want, it benefits everyone. Um, and so first, it, it had to start from this place of like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to coddle anyone's feelings here. Like, obviously, I'm not going to be a jerk. Like, and I'm not going to, you know, tell my partner, like, you really aren't doing it right and you need to stop it. Like, obviously, I'm going to have, like some finesse and I'm going to be um conscious of of their feelings and I'm going to be compassionate but I'm not going to shrink myself. I'm not going to make my requests or my wants or my desires small in order for me to I, I don't I don't know what make someone else feel better which doesn't benefit either one of us, you know. Um so that, that was like the first step I think that people need to take because it's not just like here are the words you say. Like this is this is how you communicate what you want. It's like where where is that coming from? Like, if, if you want to communicate what you want, but you don't want to say it because you're afraid of hurting someone else's feelings or you're hurt, you're afraid of your partner being like, oh, I can't believe she, I thought she was a lady. Like, <laughs> like I mean, like that needs to be addressed first and foremost. Um, and then I guess more so in the communication aspect, what really helped me was just being able to have more conversations about sex and not having conversations about sex from this like, okay guys, um, so I I really want to talk to you about the S word. Like actually being like, I want to talk about sex and being able to like play with having a little bit more confidence, perhaps confidence that isn't there (laughs) at that moment, but being able to embody that like, sex is not a shame sex is not a sin we are allowed to experience pleasure Um, and this is a really beautiful thing that we get to explore in this lifetime with our bodies let's talk about it i mean it's it's not as taboo as we think it is the moment because we get to determine what is taboo and what is not you know and so in my house uh, i'm talking about sex all the time uh, with my clients with my partner, with my mom, <laughs> she, she was actually on my podcast um, last year, or when it was a couple years ago, and we were talking about sex. And it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Um, it, it makes, it makes some people squirm a little bit. And I've, I've also had to be very um, patient and understanding when people are like, don't want to go there with you Evion. like, I'm not there yet. But for the most part, I've cultivated relationships and friendships. And I've also nurtured Communication in my relationships now, where um, we talk about sex outside of a sexual context, particularly with my with my husband, because I noticed that when we were having conversations about sex, it was only within sexual context, and I I don't know that that didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel right that like I am only allowed to be seen or express myself or talk about sex when I am in a sexual context. When I know holistically, like I am always a sexual being, like as I'm talking to you now, I am a sexual being. And so I wanted to have a little bit more continuity with that. And so we talk, we talk about sex a lot, (laughs) a lot. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's
0: so interesting that you asked that Dion, because I'm like at the other end of that spectrum now. Like, and it's also again, like you were calling us Evian to the awareness around, Um, You know, for people who have that hesitancy, where does that really come from? It's not just about necessarily your relationship with this person. It's about, like, things that have come before, you know, maybe a silencing around sex. Maybe you were in a sexual relationship with someone who never really let you speak your mind, so you just got used to silencing yourself. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about mine. I'm like, dang, I'm so far away from that. Like, I'm more so... The one who's just like, This is what I'm gonna get every single time and if I don't get it then I'm gone. And (laughs) I'm about to fly out. But you know why that is for me? (laughs) It's because my first um, relationship where I actually like had sex as you know it's usually thought of um, like I was a sexual being and had sexual experiences but I was kind of a late bloomer in terms of actually actually having sex and that relationship the person I was dating was just like just an awful human being and and one of the ways that he was awful was that um, I knew <laughs> that I wasn't experiencing pleasure um, in the ways that I could be and should be and I voiced that. And he basically, like, was condescending and patronizing and told me that I had so much to learn. So Mm. then what did I do on the flip side of that? I basically have tried to assert, quote-unquote, control, right? So it's like, okay, Mm. if I then know that I can get this every time I'm having sex, then I'm good. But it actually doesn't, like, heal that trauma Mm. as as well as a number of other traumas that I've experienced in, like, sexual relationships. So Mm. thank you for, like, basically... I mean, I was like, just thinking the whole time you're explaining, cause I was like, this is not me at all. Like I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable voicing what I need, but I also, there's also so much that I don't know that I need because I've been so focused on just like, as long as I just get this one thing, but it's like, it's not about that though. It's about like yeah. so much more than that.
2: Mm. Yeah. It's about how you want to feel. Like, are you having sex? I'm not asking this question to you, Lauren, but like, just like generally. It's okay, Yeah. <laughs> But like, are you having sex that makes you feel good? You know, like, how do you want to feel when you're in sex? Like when you're having sex, when you're being intimate with your partner? Do you want to feel alive? Do you want to feel sexy? Do you want to feel in control? It's definitely possible for you to feel in control and also to be in the space of wanting to be submissive. I I think it's really important to think about like, how you want to feel when you're you're having sex, like how you want to feel... Um, when you're in this place with your partner, like what sort of emotions do you want to have come up for you? Um, The kind of intimacy that you two want to share, like all of that stuff is really important to think about. And also the the other aspect of this too, is that like, I think people, a lot of people don't know what they want, you know? Um, And that kind of stops them from asking because they're like, well, I I know what I don't want, but I don't know like what I want. And so I think that's another aspect too that can be explored is like, what do you want? Like if you could have your perfect sexual experience, whether that is starting from the moment you wake up to the last time you have your orgasm, like what sort of experience do you want to have? Like, how do you want to feel in sex and what sort of things do you want to explore? And you know, um, what kind of conversations do you want to have? I mean, I think these are really, really great questions to ask.
1: Those are absolutely great questions to ask. I mean, I just think about patriarchy and just the ways in which it has stripped women of just having a voice Mm -hmm. Um, and from being like vocal about the fact that we want to be pleased as well. You know, it's always like, oh, men, men, this, men, that like woman, you don't talk like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just really annoying. You know, yeah. and it, that's why we're having the conversation now. Right, um, right. It's respectability politics, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, girl. everything you're saying, I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jotting it down in my journal. Like, I'm so serious. I, these are important questions to think.
0: To say thank you okay thank you to anyone who has written a review on itunes and shared how much this podcast meant to you dion and i just went and scrolled through some of these beautiful affirmations beautiful and, gonna, and hilarious
1: yeah some of y'all so <laughs> i'm that, mad why y'all ain't back yes
0: like wow so one of my favorites i'm gonna i'm gonna read is Thank you for being you. This is from Han Mikyoki. So thank you, Han. Okay, Hannah. Lauren and Dion, (laughs) thank you so much for being yourselves and for the variety of topics on your podcast. I am a yoga teacher, mental health therapist, Reiki stone lover, and currently embracing my natural hair for the first time after relaxers for 20 years. Wow. 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 That being said, I feel like I have finally found someone like me. You two are interested in the same things as me, which I don't find often here in the South. I often or I love hearing about a community of black women who aim to be healthy in every area of life. Keep the podcast coming. It makes my commute to work seem too short. Love your fellow natural hair yogi holistic health sister Hannah.
1: Hannah. Thank you so much. That was just so sweet and genuine. Yes. Y'all reading first of all, we have like over six hundred comments and that is a lot. A lot. Like, that's a lot of love to sit to really just sit in and absorb. And we're just so thankful for you guys. Um, and honestly, like the more you talk about how much you love us, the more people are interested in hearing what we have to say. Yes. So even thank you know, just thank you for taking the time to even write all of that, because yes. that means a lot. Truly. Do you want to read
0: the one that made us laugh?
1: Yes. Wh- whoever this person is, I'm mad. Uh, Ohio to Harlem. Why is this podcast only once weekly? I refresh my free every single day after I finish to the latest episode. And I'm disappointed until the next episode comes out, I'll try to chill because I know that there are only so many hours in a day. Thanks for this podcast. It has really inspired my life in so many ways by giving me more room for mindfulness and and yay for wellness-centered catering to my experience as a black woman. What a unique and beautiful thing you give to the world. And it's fine if I only get a once weekly episode. It does take time to make something so great.
0: So sweet. Oh, like, like it was funny, and then we <laughs> cried at the end because it was so sweet. Wow! And oh thank you God. for acknowledging that it does take time, Absolutely. and it takes our journeys.
1: Mm-hmm. It takes personal um, development on our so end, much. a lot of spiritual growth, honesty, vulnerability. Like it feels good to be recognized for what we have to offer. It really does, you know, because it's not just coming on here talking about god knows what there's a lot of internal things that we have to do on our end absolutely yeah so, absolutely wow
0: so we're so grateful and for those of you who are listening we're like oh i don't know if i've left a review please run over and leave one mm-hmm. it takes what 10 seconds to 10 do seconds. the star and maybe 10 more seconds to write a little something absolutely and it helps women around the world find this podcast
1: and whoever and gave us that one star i don't know who you are <laughs> but you know what i'm saying um, hopefully you come back <laughs> and you'll realize that we have something meaningful to offer to you um, and you're inspired by the content that we make but we're grateful for you too because you at least you left a review hey, you know what I'm
0: saying <laughs> hey, you were here um, also if you want to leave more than leave a review and you're in a your position to give um, keep in mind we recently launched our Patreon yes. community and you can give at a level of 3 11 or $33 and in exchange you get a variety of perks as well as continuing to support the conversations that you've already um, enjoyed in our hearing from us so
1: Absolutely. thank you thank you um so with you, I know you said obviously you know you're married and things like that and um I love how you talked about bringing awareness to you first mm-hmm. and thinking about you know what feels good to you, but like being in this relationship like has your partner expressed like a has N- notice the shift and has appreciated you coming into ownership of your sexuality and oh like-
2: Lord, yes, <laughs> <laughs> my God, I mean. Girl, let me tell you something. So when I, <laughs> when when we first got together and we were having a lot of sexual issues, I mean for for a little while we just were not having sex because I just I couldn't do it. It was just really difficult for me. I had so much baggage that was keeping me from being able to just be in my body during sex uh, because of the trauma, because of the shame, and so I I feel very very blessed and lucky that I was with a partner who was willing to be patient with me as I went through this really hard and grueling process of like coming out from that and being able to find my way and it, it's it's taken a long, long time and I think he is really, really stoked, obviously <laughs> <laughs> that I am now like, yeah like, I don't know how graphic, graphic can I, I be on the show? Girl, like, just I... be real. <laughs> okay. okay. Keep so it real. like, <laughs> So I, so, uh, so a, a really great example, example of this is, is that I, I had, had some, some serious, serious hangups with giving blowjobs. Jobs. Like, like I, I was like, I don't want to do this. It's, it's not, not something, something that, that like, I feel like a lady should do. do. It's just not something that I do, which is incredibly problematic and absolutely not true. Um, but it, it, it was something that I kept uh, that stayed with me for a long time. And it, it's, its origin story was from uh, the relationship that I had with my ex at the time, because a lot of my sexual trauma was around blowjobs. And so for a little while I remember telling my husband Jonathan, like, yeah, I just I I don't like blowjobs. I don't want to, you know, give blowjobs. And he was like, okay, that's all right. Like, whenever, like, whenever you feel ready, you don't have to like it. And I was like, who is this man? Like, who on earth would actually say that? And so fast forward to today, like, I love giving head. It is like my favorite thing to do. And I was actually just talking about this. Um, recently about how I am I don't know this is going to be a little woo just hear me out like I think that there is a connection between deep throating dick and, dick and your throat, throat chakra, chakra. And, and I've noticed girl. that yes I
1: just need <laughs> y'all to that- know girl. I somebody needs to come resuscitate me <laughs> because I am done <laughs>
2: Wow! Yeah,
0: hear me out, hear Let's me hear out. about this. You know, I'm out. all big on the chakra system, so I'm <laughs> yes. like, I'm scooting closer.
2: Okay, okay. So, so like, like I, this, this is, is here's, here's my, my theory. theory, and like, obviously, I need to do more research. So like, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been doing this for too long. But my theory is that, especially for women, and I'll speak very personally about me, like I have not been able to feel like i could use my voice like i in in so many aspects of my life i have shrank myself i have silenced myself and especially within the sexual realm i have not voiced my desires i have not allowed myself to communicate and speak up when i didn't like something or when i didn't want to do something within sex and so when i think about the chakra system and i think about my throat chakra and i think about giving head and how, you know, having a dick in your mouth and your throat could like potentially unlock and like shake loose the foundations of so many of those stories about like your voice doesn't deserve to be heard, your sexual power doesn't deserve to be experienced or felt or stepped into. I don't know. I, I've i had some pretty profound like downloads from the universe after like giving head and realizing that like, oh wow, like my, not only does my throat feel just so much more open I and relaxed, like I actually feel like the next day I can really use my voice and speak up in other aspects of my life. So yes, that was very like, kind of weird and woo, but it's something that I'm, I'm exploring. Wow.
0: <laughs> but that's also because, cause I would just like to put another layer on it. Cause you know, I don't think we're here telling people just go out and start giving head and like, I no, know, I mean, you know, this right. is a very that was like, specific to me. <laughs> yes, with, And i just want to speak to the additional level that I feel like just hasn't been named is that it was because of your intentional solo kind of sexual awakening work yeah. that you did which then allowed you to approach the act of giving head in a completely different way, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I was not in a, a place, place to, to do, do that,
2: that eight years ago, ten years ago, five years ago. You know, um, I had uh, I've had so much growth since then to be able to be in this place now, where to be able to give head feels more like I am in control rather than that control and that power is being taken from me, and so. Um, and yeah, it's, it's taken a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of healing and a lot of unlearning, uh, about, about the ways that, you know, I was approaching sex and blowjobs and and stuff from, you know, from the past, but I'm being on the other side is great. (laughs) I am and I'm enjoying it. So, (laughs) and so is he, he is, he is thrilled. He is not, he's not complaining about my research.
1: I'm sure he is. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. That the way you just connected all of that. I was like, wow. I I mean, that actually, I don't know why, but I just thought about Cardi B because she's so vocal about like that stuff all the time. And I just crack up, but she's so like, I don't know. Outspoken, and so when you yeah. were talking about using your voice and like you know enjoying that type of action, you know what I'm saying? Like I was like, oh, like I I just think about Cardi, and yeah, <laughs> right. and I and I love her, and I love and I love it all. So I think yeah. that's amazing, and I think that's a beautiful way to connect all of that. I mean, because you know, sexual trauma, like ugh, girl, I mean, I got sexual trauma from stemming from my childhood, and yeah. it's you know just robbed me of so much you know what I'm saying yeah. like yeah you just are you start to feel like you know sex isn't necessarily for you it's yep. not for me you know you what know I'm like, saying yeah. like I yep. I am literally here to and there's nothing wrong with wanting to please your partner but when you forget about yourself which is what we always right. tend to do that's when it just becomes problematic and so I think that like can you for for women who are still dealing with sexual trauma, who are desiring you know to journey back to their bodies because a lot of us deal with um, dissociation, you know what I'm saying, and being mm-hmm. detached, um, what is something that you could offer them to s- start doing to start mm. that journey?
2: Mm. <sighs> a couple things. Um, one therapy therapy has been huge for me in being able to understand what happened. Um, and also just like to hold space for that small girl, that young girl who was really, really vulnerable and had no idea what the fuck she was doing, but she found herself there. Like therapy allowed me to give strength, love, compassion, and even forgiveness to that part of myself that, um, that was, was made vulnerable and didn't know any better. Um, and, and also just, it it also helped make a lot of those things make sense because I think the narrative that I was circulating in my head was like, oh, it was my fault. Like it, how could it have not been consensual? Like I still said yes. And, you know, being able to, being able to peel back those layers of like what enthusiastic consent means and like coercion and um emotional manipulation and gaslighting like all of those things were words and concepts that i just did not have and so sitting across from my therapist and let, hearing my therapist say like this was not your fault like there were some really crazy things that were in like working in the mix of this that made this so much more complex and so much more harmful than what it was, was huge for me. And I think I just, I, I, I want that for every survivor. I want for them to know that like, they're not alone, that it wasn't their fault and that uh, we believe you. Um, So I think that's the first step is get the two a therapist, um, preferably a black one, <laughs> uh, because I think that w- w- the trauma that black women and black femmes have sustained regarding their sexuality is so nuanced and, and it's so important that we discuss that with someone who understands those nuances and can call them out and um, just like shine a light on them and illuminate them. So I think that that's really, really important. Um, the other aspect of this is like finding ways to get into your body that are outside of a sexual context that feel really good for you. Um, I Because I've also been there too with dissociating, leaving my body, um, going right up into my head and thinking a million trillion thoughts so that I wouldn't have to focus on what was happening uh, to me, both within like having traumatic sexual experiences, but also ex- sexual experiences where like I'm with my partner and he is being loving and gentle and like we're we're in a consensual relationship, but I get triggered. And so that shoots me right back up into my head. Um, I, I think it's really important to focus on reconnecting yourself back into your body. So doing things that feel good for you, that feel gentle for you, that challenge you a little bit, like not to the extent where you're like, I don't want to do this because it makes me want to crawl out of my bloody skin. Like we don't want that, but we certainly want for you to feel like this is a little edgy for me, um, me being able to occupy my body in this way or me being able to touch my body in this way. And again, not in a sexual way, but more so in a way that that... Yeah. Yeah. More, more so in a way that, um, that reminds you that you have, you have power, that this is your body, that you own your body and that you, uh, that you're safe, you're safe in your body. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that anything that you can do dancing, yoga, um, walking, running, massage, either having your, you massaging yourself or having you receiving massages, um, just anything that can get you into your body, feeling your your senses, being activated. I think that that can be a really good step, too, as long as it's really gentle and that's something that people feel like they have the bandwidth to explore. Wow.
1: Girl. Wow. Thank you. Like, I mean, I'm going to be talking to you offline because um, I have a project that you are speaking directly to. Um, I'm starting mm. I'm going to be starting a nonprofit called the body a home for love which is Mm. um an organization that's going to be curating these restorative healing experiences for sexually traumatized survivors of color and yeah and it's specific to black women because like you said earlier we have these we have traumas and like issues that are specific to us and it's like you know i think it's important for black women to speak on that um and there to be a space for us you know by us to talk about um just the impacts of and, and, you know patriarchy and the impacts of like having a quote unquote banging body at a young age and being sexualized by these old right. men, you know oh god mm-hmm. yeah, so but yeah, I mean, what you just said was so healing for me, you know, especially given um my story, and I just yeah, thank you for that oh, reminder, thank you. yeah, thank you for that, absolutely that was so full. Cool. I yeah. was, that was,
0: that was, wow. I mean, I feel like my, I'm going to extend the gratitude. So, <laughs> you know, at the top, at the end, very end of, um, 2018, very top of 2019, I, um, attended the, just the most transformative series of days, um, that I've lived, uh, with the, Sow the seeds retreats. And we've had, um, Danielle, um, on our show before she's one of the, creators of sow the seeds retreat so danielle Lyles barton and we had a really powerful conversation with her last season um Mm -hmm. and touched on a lot of things and and aspects of it was womb healing and womb work you Mm. know specifically for those of us who have been sexually traumatized and it wasn't until it wasn't until i went literally across the world to bali indonesia was within a space of 22 women of color mostly black women and had you know a series of days to just like just through womb work and breath and yoga and writing and forgiveness practices get to actually even admit that I have experienced like sexual assault out loud, which is like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you like say something out loud, it's like, Oh, it's real. You know what I mean? Like, and then it's then saying it in front of like a group of people who I mostly do not know. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So what you're talking about holding space like that is so big. And it's like, sometimes it's like, sometimes our 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 sisterhood is so so crucial especially as black women yeah. because like oftentimes it's fr- it's in spaces with um other women who can relate to us that we actually finally feel the ability to like right. exhale yes. so i mean i just mentioned this again as a a, to- a just expression of gratitude but also to encourage anyone listening who's just like whoa, I feel like this is big. It is big. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are such resilient, beautiful people. I I remember last year we explored a theme on Black Girl Gnome, which was soft and strong. And that's Mm. what really comes to mind for me when I'm thinking about this conversation. It's like, this is just... It's like a long journey. It's like just like you might have a fitness journey, just like you might have a forgiveness journey, just like you might have a gratitude practice. It's yeah. like this is another one that a lot of us like to run away from because we're convinced it doesn't really matter. It's like, oh, my partner is right. pleased and like nah, I'm OK, baby. so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be fine. No, it's like there's so much to heal yeah. just as much as there might be trauma, you know,
2: more healing. More Absolutely. healing is in store. right. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying all of that. And it's so true that when we, when we make space to explore all of this, um, incredible, amazing things happen. I mean, it's just, it's, and I think like what I just said was so inarticulate, but it's true. It's just like, it's, it's, this is deep, deep work. And even again, I, I know I said this at the top of, of the show, but like us just having this conversation is an act of liberation. And so I think it's, it's really important. And also I want to just like shout out to the people who are listening, you guys listening <laughs> to this conversation is an act of your personal liberation, you know, um, because, because yeah, there's, there's so much baggage and there's so much shame. And the more that we have these conversations, the more we bring it into the light and we release the stigma, um, and we heal ourselves, you know, and, and that's, this is such powerful work, which is why I do it. Cause I, I, I love being able to facilitate things like this.
1: I love, thank you. Thank you so, so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that this happened and that, aligned in this way and yeah you guys are welcome to contact me anytime when it comes to conversations or questions that you have about sex and sexuality I'm I'm rooting for you both
0: thank you I mean I'm talking with you 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 know my word for 2019 is rejuvenation and so for Mm -hmm. me I mean that was already kind of like destined for me but I did end up gravitating on the actual concept and word because it's like the act of of bringing back life to things or just like leveling up things that are already Mm popping so you know thinking about what it means to like rejuvenate like my sexuality my relationship to sex my relationship to pleasure wow it's about to be okay it's about to be Mm. something
2: (laughs) girl I'm excited
1: for you (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for her too (laughs) <laughs> you know, so
0: yeah, we gonna talk. Um, but yeah, how can um, people stay in touch with you and work with you and receive more um, guidance around this liberation journey?
2: Yeah, you can find me at sexloveliberation.com. You can also find me on evianwhitney.com. That's E-V-Y-A-N-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. You can find me on Instagram at that same handle, evian.whitney. And you can also check out my podcast, The Sexually Liberated Woman, which talks so much about everything that we've been talking about today, about being curious about your sexuality, Uh, healing, sexual trauma, all that good stuff. So yeah, that's where you can find me.
1: Girl in Gnome creates space for women of color to breathe easy. Y'all, we have such an amazing team of brilliant creatives who are behind the scenes but who are so instrumental in making this podcast happen. We'd like to thank Aline Coss for audio engineering. Khalid B, your ear for music is wildly amazing. And we want to thank you for just creating such an amazing podcast bop (laughs) honestly um valerie titus glover thank you for being an amazing black girl and home team member and supporting the podcast last but not least post loudness they are a collective of independent audio shows and podcasts by people of color women queer and other underrepresented hosts and voices thank you so much for your support and offering us your space and last but not least even though i said that right before it's all good to our community members thank you for your support of black girl and home Thank you.